co, co, come mai, co, come mai, la Champions League tu non la vici mai. Hey guys, welcome back to the Brothers of the World podcast. It's going to be a little bit different episode this time. Um, right now it's just me, Mikey. Um, the way that this episode's going to line up because of our technical difficulties and schedule conflicts is it's just going to be me right now. I will run down the last three matches, which have, of course, been Lazio, Sampdoria, and Barca, which have been two wins and a loss. Um, after I run these down, everyone else will come around. They'll give their rundowns, and it's just going to be consecutive monologues. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different, of course, but we hope you guys enjoy it. And I'll go ahead and jump into Lazio, which was the last midweek. We lined up with a usual... Back defense of Samir Handanovic, Godin, DeVry, and Skriniar. Across the midfield, D'Ambrosio and Baragi were wingbacks, Baragi making his debut for Inter. Uh, midfield three of Brozovic, Vecino, and Barella. And up front, we had Lukaku pairing up with Politano. As for this match, which, I mean, I actually ran down on the Brothers of the World blog which we have gotten up and running i think we have all written on it now Risto wrote a bit about the 2010-11 inter squad i wrote post lazio and pre-sampdoria and chino has just uploaded a post about the barca game so you guys go check those out read that bookmark us share all the posts you want share all our articles get us out there you know just give us some love. We all need some love sometime. So um, my big points from the Lazio match, my biggest players for us were Handanovic, Barella, Baragi, and Lukaku. Handanovic made some great saves in the match when our defense looked a little shaky, maybe like once or twice. They would poke through. Uh, Correa had an amazing match for Lazio, and he could have scored two or three goals, but Handanovic stood tall, really had a captain's performance. Barella continues to make us just eat our words, especially on this podcast. We all kind of had our ideas that he would come back and be this guy, but at the moment, we were all concerned that he was not building up to his 40 million euro transfer fee. But with Lazio and now with Sampdoria and the Barcelona match he has just and before that the match before that as well he has just made us all eat some crow which I'll happily do I ever since the Slavia Prague game he has just been on another level and it's something we've really needed because that third midfield spot that I've talked about a lot has just been shaky when it's not been Barella, Brozovic and Sensi so for him to come around has been great. In the match, he had five complete long balls out of seven, four key passes, and his work rate, flicks, and tricks were just amazing in the match against Lazio. Um, I, if it wasn't for Handanovic's great performance, he would have been my man of the match, but that had to be Handanovic with that great performance. Um, Baragi's first match back, he... well technically back because he was of course our primavera product uh has he was amazing he was pinging around some balls as well 
He provided the assist to D'Ambrosio for the one goal of the match. Uh, He was solid uh, defensively. He was moving up and down that left flank. The only issue in his game was the 13 times that he lost possession, which is a very large number of times to lose possession. But a lot of it was moving through him, so he does get, uh, I would give him a fair pass on that. But he looks like a very good alternative to Asamoah, especially after these matches like we just had against Barcelona where the guys are running and running. But we'll get to that. As for Lukaku, he looked very dangerous the whole match. It was a match where he didn't show up on the score sheet, but he was running down at the defense as he hasn't been doing lately. He's finally come back and started to do that. His hold-up isn't his forte, but he was pretty solid on hold-up play against Lazio. He was moving, linking up, dropping deep. Whatever he had to do, he's really bought into this role that Conte has built for him. Also in that match, he came off, and I thought it was pretty funny that he took the long way off as per the UEFA laws now. You can come off at any part of the pitch and just walk around. And he walked... uh, Three quarters of the pitch, I would say, just clapping to every single fan, which it it was a nice moment. The most underwhelming part of the match to me was Matthias Vecino, who did not look great in that third spot where he started. But to his defense, he did play a bit of a trequartista role, which um, is not his preferred role. He's more of a box-to-box guy, likes to run forward. He's not really the defensive presence, but he does have decent work rate at times, even though he can get left behind or look like a passenger sometimes, like he did in this match. Yeah, the run was continuing after that match, unbeaten in the league. Ran into Sampdoria on the weekend. They were, of course, not the best side right now. They're rooted to the bottom of the table. And they looked every bit of a relegation side when... Inter rolled into town. Um, lineups, we gave Bastoni his debut, along with DeVry and Skriniar. Handanovic at the back, of course, captain. Uh, wingbacks were Asamoah and Kendreva. A midfield three of Cincy, Brozovic, and Galliardini. And a front two of Alexis Sanchez and Lautaro Martinez, which was something we were all pretty psyched about hearing because these two guys have looked great when they were coming on later in games. And everyone wanted to see Alexis Sanchez. This is a big name. It's great to see a guy like this at Inter after so long. I know a lot of people wanted him way before he was even close to the club after leaving Udinese. But to finally get him, he scores his first goal and also ends up with a red card uh, for simulation. It didn't look like simulation at first, but upon replays, uh, I could see. Because at first, I personally didn't think. But um, I'm just going to blame that on the Premier League because, you know, Premier League. But as for that match, Cincy had another great game. uh, Provided the assist to Sanchez. Got his own goal. Looked great. Bossed the midfield. uh, Man of the match for that match for sure. Um, Brozovic was steady as usual. Um, Lautaro didn't have his greatest game. He came off when Sanchez got his red card. Lukaku came on, linked up the play very well, continued where he left off against Lazio. 
the only problems came were after that red card where Yankto pulled a goal back for Sampdoria, and they got pretty lively. Uh, the crowd was lively. Players looked like they had some hope. And all of that finally was dashed when Roberto Gagliardini scores his first goal of the season. Uh, a man that is completely fueled by inter-Twitter hate, I believe. Every time he's criticized before a big game, well, not even a big game, any game, he seems to show up, especially against sides from Genoa, and just ball out. I mean, he got his goal. He looked pretty decent. And I just think it's pretty funny that this is the guy that everyone will rag on, but he's going to get his goal. And then guys who are for him are going to go at the guys who are against him. And it's it's a mess. It's that tribal stuff that I've talked about before. I talked about it on the last episode. But Bastoni looked good on his debut. Um, he got a card early but was able to last the rest of the match. Um, was very controlled on the ball. Almost had himself a free header. Uh, diverted it wide by... Uh, yeah, just diverted it wide. Um, another great thing about that match to me was that even though we went down to 10 men and looked kind of shaky when when Sampdoria had their chances... We still stayed positive. We had positive substitutions after that. Lukaku coming on for Lautaro, D'Ambrosio for Kendreva, and Barella for Cincy. They were all great subs and brought different parts of the game that, that we needed in those moments after that red card. Conte didn't shut the doors like someone, um, personally, I think Luciano Spalletti would have just tried to close up shop, would have subbed on a defender for Lautaro and would have just struggled throughout the match. Um, Sampdoria probably would have gotten a second. This is all theoretical, of course. But to see the subs and the way that that game was managed is a clear difference from what we've seen in the past from past intercoaches. And Conte keeps his role going in the league through that. Um, We saw the same front two line up against Barca today tonight as I am recording. Um, we had Godin, DeVry, and Skriniar across the back. Handanovic, goalkeeper, captain, of course. Uh, midfield, wingbacks of Asamoah and Kendreva. And a midfield three of Barella, Cincy, and Brozovic. Martinez and Sanchez, of course, up front. Inter were off to a flying start when Martinez was, of course, slipped through on goal after a quick free kick, which bounced around. And he was able to hold off the Barcelona defense and slide a nice, weak-footed shot past Ter Stegen. Um, After that, we completely bossed that first half. Uh, Barca had completely lost their heads. We were off and flying, bossing everywhere, playing the slickest football I've seen from Inter in God knows how long. And to do it all was amazing. Uh, should have had multiple goals in that first half. We missed a lot. Missed a lot of chances, which came back to haunt us, of course. But to get through that first half the way we did, I don't think you could have asked for more. That looked like one of the prime inter-squads from the past that we all remember. Since he went out, tried to give his best Xavi impression as we all joke around all. And after his first interview where he likened himself to a lot of these Barca guys and that they were some of his idols, Martinez came and showed up, had his best match probably in an Inter shirt. 
he had a very Melito-esque first half, in my opinion. I think that goal was very – he just looked like he was playing a total, complete center forward role beside Sanchez. Uh, he came up showing off in front of Messi. Uh, it likened me back to the Copa America where there was the picture where it's him bringing the ball down and then some kids holding a sign in the background and – and in Spanish, it says, Messi, pass it to Lautaro. And, I mean, this guy looked every bit the Argentine international that he is. And he's really making a great impression on the club that has been rumored most closely to him, whether those rumors are legit or not. Barella also had a really great game. He got carded, but he was moving the ball around great. He was contesting everything that came near him. He was playing like, um, I know he's been likened to it a lot, but he was playing like a young Rajan Anglin. And it's great to see he's still making us eat that crow. Cincy, Brozovic, Barella has become the midfield that has been something that we've needed for years. It's come around, it looks amazing, and I can't ask for more out of that midfield right now. I mean, you could ask him to be taller, but you can't teach height. That's about the only thing. The back three of Godin, DeVry, and Skriniar, of course, was pretty solid. Um, the goals really weren't too much on them. The first goal, of course, was Suarez on the volley. Complete rocket, thunderfucked it. Uh, there was nothing anybody could do about that one. That goal just brought Barca to life, along with the sub substitute in of Arturo Vidal for Sergio Busquets, who was completely just played off the pitch by Inter's midfield three. Uh, Vidal just, he looked every bit the seasoned guy that we kind of need as for some depth in our midfield because we were lacking a little bit when it came to time for subs. The second goal was assisted by Messi. He got pretty deep into the box, cut it back for Suarez, who ta touched around Godin and just put it home but I mean I don't blame the guys too much um this is a top three number nine in the world he was on his night and there was nothing really that was going to stop him in that second half um despite the weakness that we had when those subs came on and everyone was gassed I still think that those subs were right by Conte I think the Gagliardini sub was, of course, supposed to be the physical presence that was going to offset the Arturo Vidal sub that had just lit Barca. And, of course, Gagliardini is not really the guy that's going to settle a game like that. It took a while, but it did get settled. And once it did, um, the sub for, for Palatano for Cincy was really smart to get the front two going again. Um, the other sub was Kendreva for D'Ambrosio. I mean, those are almost the same two guys. That was just like for like, trying to get some fresh legs. So I don't blame that one either. It's just a shame it didn't really come off and we didn't really have the guys to pull it off. But I think it's something in a coach that we haven't had for a long time. As for Conte's management through these past three games, I think he has been spot on. I don't think he's really set anything wrong since that draw with Slavia who lost to fuck 
since the draw with Slavia Prague, and they lost to Dortmund today, which makes Inter's position even tougher. Um, if we can take the momentum out of this and take it into the Juve game, um, that'll be amazing. Um, the only real concern is if these guys are just going to be absolutely gassed after their performance, played their heart out, left everything on that pitch in Spain. But to turn around and play your biggest rival on Sunday is probably going to be a big ask. Um, I think if these guys, we're not going to see Alexis Sanchez, of course, with his red card. Lukaku will slot back in. I don't think we'll see much else changing, especially if we want to put our strongest team out, which Conte has said that we're going to do. Um, I think it'll be important against Juve to really start out flying like this because if we play a first half against Juve like we played against Barca, we could put five past them. I think that we need to start getting goals early against Juve, come out really strong, because these guys are probably going to hit heavy legs around like 50 to 60 minutes after this Barca match. So to get a couple of goals early against Juve will be key. I think Conte will still have his coaching. He'll be ready. I think he'll set everything right. Like I said before, he hasn't said anything wrong since that Slavia draw. And... If we can win this matchup coming against Juve, which I think, personally, I'm going to give a prediction that it's going to be 2-1. I'll give Lukaku and Brozovic the goals. I'll give Ronaldo the goal for Juve because the guy will always find a way to tap something in. But I think this is a great momentum builder for the Champions League and just to keep everything rolling in the Serie A because... Still unbeaten in the league. Top of the table by two points. Um, just showed out against one of the best teams in the world. And of course, Juve are, le- are not on the same level as Barca. Um, I think that we should roll through those guys. Pretty, uh, We could roll through those guys. It's another derby. Uh, form goes out the window in derbies. I, I get kind of, I'm kind of on edge about trying to say what's going to happen there. I think we are going to win, like I just said. But it's something worth thinking about that form does go out, and if these guys leave it on the pitch again, there's no way we don't come out of that without some kind of result. As for the Champions League, it's going to be Dortmund home and away now. And I think if we, again, if we play if we play like this game, this first half, Barca enter, we play that against any other team in the world, we're winning, and I think these guys seeing that they can do this is going to carry them so far, and I think we can get the four points at least that we need from those two matches against Dortmund. Um, I won't go into that too much because that's still far off. Um, I think I've left, put in pretty much everything that I have taken from the last three matches, and... I will hand it over to Christo, who will give his thoughts on the last three, and he'll give some. He'll answer some questions. And thanks, guys. Um, hope you enjoy the format of this one. I know it's a little different, um, but yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Take it away, Christo. So yeah, I agree with what Mikey said, or at least most of it. As far as the Lazio game goes, I think we were a bit luckier because. Korea 
missed so many chances. I don't know what were our defenders thinking when he came out one on one so many times. Um, when he tried to get out of penalty, out of a one on one situation, when he tried to lob past Handanovic, uh, he had so many chances, and Handanovic was very similar in their in his performance as was Ter Stegen against Inter yesterday. So, um, if we're talking about the D'Ambrosia goal, I think that Biragi did an amazingly good run, which ended uh, with a cross to D'Ambrosio, and Danilo scored a header. Later on, Barella, shortly after at least, Barella missed a one-on-one situation, and that's the point I want to make, that he needs to improve his finishing, because we saw again yesterday he missed or his shot was blocked when he had a very good opportunity to score and make it 2-0, which would kill, kill off the game in the first half. But of course we didn't and we bottled it. Um, yeah, I think that he makes good runs. He's an intelligent player, as we've been talking that for the whole summer. Um, he reminds me of Vecino. I don't think Vecino is the best player ever. But he's very intelligent in making those runs, as we've seen in many big games, in many games that we needed a goal. He came in clutch. He assisted on so many occasions. He also uh, scored against Lazio, against Tottenham. So when he can exploit the opposition and the opposition's positioning, um, especially with a weaker defense I think that he can do well so on the mental side of things I think he's the best midfielder option that we have that is Barella of course um, when it comes to the choice between Barella, Vecino and Gagliardini but I don't, I don't want him to be uh, reluctant or to be relaxed rather because Vecino is very, very viable option to take his place. And I think that he deserves more than uh, what he got so far. Um, but say, saying that, Barella was our best player in the Barca game, which will come um, to, to talk about. I will, I will talk about that one later. Yeah, as I said, Correa, if he was a bit luckier, he would have scored at least two goals because Santanovic was amazingly good that game and um, I just want to round the game up by saying that oh my, I mean by pointing out that even Lautaro could have scored um, at the end of the game to make it 2-0 which he didn't he was too selfish and we've been talking about that for so long like he's too selfish and he needs to learn how to finish all the chances because his chances uh, eventually end up um, in the opposition's leg. They're blocked by them. And I think that those two key areas um, are very crucial in his development, meaning he has to develop those things to a very, very high level. And if those things are... Um, if even if those things reach to a, a very decent level, I think he will be... A very, very, very good striker. 
as far as the Sampdoria game goes, I think that we've been in control of that game since the very beginning. We dominated every aspect of the game, both on and off the field, which what was said before and after the game. Uh, I just want to point out some things that I've noticed, and that is, I mean, not I, but all of us have seen how good Sense is, and especially good when it comes to uh, choosing where to pass the ball and how to shoot. We've seen him score goals, uh, we've seen him assist so far, and he shot eventually hit the hit the back of Alexis and Alexis scored the goal i thought that some i mean even in previous games even in previous podcasts i've said that Sampdoria is one of the worst teams in Italy this season their manager sucks their team sucks they are not able to sell, i mean Ferrero was not able to sell the club when he wanted in the summer they end up buying Literally, like one or two players, they didn't replace any of them, any of the players that left, like Andersen, like De Frel, who was one of the best players at Sampdoria last season, very underrated striker. But going back to the game, um, shortly after the first shot by Sensi, the second one, the second shot was very bad, but it ended up somehow. Um, to Alexis, who was in the right place to make the run and score the second goal. Uh, I thought that Alexis's leadership on the field, telling the players where to stay uh, or when to stand, where to go into a tackle, um, when to push, where to be positioned. Uh, I think that all of those things, his off-the-ball movement, both with and without Lautaro Martinez, has been excellent. Um, we've all wanted to see Alexis at Inter even back in 2011-2012 when he left the Serie A. But to be quite honest, I'm very happy with him. I think that he'll make a very, very good impact uh, at Inter. And I'm very happy to see him play at Inter throughout the season. Uh, it's a shame that he will not play against Juventus in the, in the most important game of the season because of his antics because of his uh, hot head um, the first yellow card that he received was a f- fucking stupid foul in the middle of the field when he tackled some of Sampdoria's player from the back and it was a fully deserved uh, yellow card as far as the diving goes I mean he could have been warned but I, I don't mind him being booked. If that was against Inter, I, I would I would have wanted to get to see the player uh, booked for such dive because he's not only trying to make the referee stupid, but he's also trying to make us stupid, the the VAR system stupid. I don't know what the fuck they are thinking. Like, what's going through his mind by diving? You cannot fool the VAR. They can see what you've done. Come on. I expected more of more from him just because of what I've seen in the first half. But I I thought throughout the game, throughout the season so far, that we've been dominant enough to actually win games without any effort. And this was 
very effortless one game. Uh, we've seen Gallardini score. I mean, if Gallardini scores against you, you don't deserve to stay in the league. Sorry. The first yellow card, as I said, was stupid. The second one, even more stupid. Um, at the end of the game, Lotaro. I mean, to round the game up, Lotaro missed a couple of chances, which again he needs to develop and to um, be a better finisher and better show creator, not to be selfish, to pass the ball. And I think that he's heavily of that. We've seen him play. Um, one of the most underrated players so far, Brozovic, who didn't score in this game, uh, but I thought that he was excellent. His passing, his running skills, um, he gives everything for the team, and I really, really like him as a player, as most of us do. He's the player that we needed, and I thank God that Spalletti decided to keep him and not to sell him to Sevilla when he was on the verge of signing for the Spanish team. Yeah, the defense was also very stable. Shkriniar um, was decent, and especially De Vrij. I think De Vrij is one of the most underrated players in the whole league because he doesn't get enough praise uh, because he's playing with two excellent centre-backs in Godin and Shkriniar. So, um, yeah, I'm happy that we got all of them. And uh, let's get into the Barcelona game. So as far as the Barcelona game goes, I thought that the first half that we played against them was very, very decent or very good even. We created so many chances. Um, Lautaro had uh, has scored a goal in the in the second third minute, so that's quite early. I presume that's something that's gonna shake your team up, no matter how good mentally your team is, prepared and playing on the field. Um, I wanted to see more from the team in the first half, especially after the chances that we had and missed. Uh, Lautaro had a great header, which touched and saved. I don't know how. To be quite honest, after the chances that we created and missed in the, in the first half, I w I thought that they would punish us, but I didn't think that we'd lose the game. Honestly, I didn't. Uh, Lautaro missed a couple of chances. Ter Stegen saved Lautaro's header. I don't know how, but kudos to him. I was really happy in the first half. I thought that we had the total dominance over them, even though they were passing the ball around the Barca way. Their coach is terrible. And the only thing that I wanted to see in the first half is that we were us being more, more clinical basically scoring the chances that we created because this is not Sampdoria, this is not Lecce. So Barcelona is going to punish you if you don't score the chances you create because even though Suarez is finished, finished, I think that he's still an amazing striker when it comes to um, his finishing ability. Um, he's a very smart player on the pitch and I, I just wanted us, I just wanted to see us score at least a second goal in the first half. Uh, when the second half started, Barcelona scored very early, within the first 12-15 minutes. I was like, fuck, don't let us lose, please don't let us lose. Because I was in an Italian class, 
up until like 9.30. So I filmed the game at home and I watched it an hour later. So I was like, please don't get us. <laughs> please at least give us a point over there in Barcelona. Because if I'm not mistaken, they've, um, they've never lost a point in Camp Nou. Except last season against Tottenham, which fucked us over and basically promoted Tottenham with or got Tottenham in the knockout round and got us in the um, Europa League. But yeah, it's Barcelona. What did you expect? I thought that his goal was excellent. Alexis and Lautaro's movement were, I think, top notch. Lautaro improved in this game and. He scored a very, very good goal uh, in the first half. But in the second half, when Gagliardini came on for Alexis, I thought, oh my God, why did Conte put him and try to defend? Because we know that if you defend, they'll get more chances. And if they get more chances, they'll score probably because they have so many good players. Ah. I thought I mean I know that Conte is smarter than this. So having Gallardini in the team was a step back because he's not the type of player that we you need against Barcelona. Because again, Barcelona is not Sampdoria. Against Barcelona you put smart players, not running horses. Barcelona passes the ball, ball very well. Um even we ran ten to 11 kilometers more than Barcelona. They created more passes than us, but then again, it's Barcelona. I don't care about passes. I think that, as Conte said after the game, we didn't deserve to win, but even though um, we missed a lot of chances, as he said, I don't want any of the lads to give any excuses. And our mind is on the Juventus game, which are we are filming the new episode after the pod, after the game. Sorry, with Badar, so stay tuned about the, uh, for that. And um, if I had to give my prediction for the Juventus game, I, I hope that we win, but it's gonna be a draw, either zero zero or one uh, one. I think that. Lautaro will score and Ronaldo will score, as Mikey said, somehow, because it's Ronaldo and his finishing is crazy good. But I hope that we win. I honestly do, because 7 out of 7 in the first 7 games and winning against Juventus would be like the best ending to quote-unquote the second chapter because uh, next week, we won't have uh, any club games. We'll have international games. So I just hope that we we can get some positive result, a win, or at least a draw against Juventus. So as you've listened so far in the podcast, thank you. Um, the There are a few questions that I want to read out, and I'll answer them quickly by myself. So Said asked, Thoughts on the team so far, squad rotation, depth, quality. Do you see us go all the way or will a beautiful December lapse haunt us again? I think that the whole December-January thing in the previous seasons uh, was all, not Spalletti's fault, but 
not having a manager with a strong mentality is the reason for it. Not having the squad balance, nor the squad harmony. I don't know how important squad harmony is as someone from the outside, but I guess Conte and Marotta knows, know better, and that's the reason why they overruled <laughs> Icardi. And I think that our squad rotation so far has been good. Um, more, more and more players are getting chance. I think most of the players got chance, even Bastoni, who was excellent in the previous uh, game that he started. Um, Gallardini, Vecino. Uh, we haven't seen Borja Valero at all, but that was expected. Even in uh, in the preseason, he didn't get much chance. The depth has been good. Uh, I think that we need um, maybe one central midfielder, and I don't know. A striker because I don't think Politano is worthy of Inter shirt. Um, the quality is there in the team, of course, but I think that we can add a player too and make our team even better. So going back to Said's question, I don't think we'll have a relapse this December because we have Conte on the bench. We have better team than previous seasons, and um, yeah, that's it. Andre B asks, is D'Ambrosio the best? <laughs> Andre B asks, does D'Ambrosio deserve a national team call-up? I honestly do think so, because he's a versatile player that can cover both right and left back. He can play a center back and very decently. So, he's scoring, I mean, he's scoring, not creating as often, but he's very good defensively. Um, and yeah... I think that he deserves deserves a call up because Florenzi plays the right back, he's not a right back. So yeah, he deserves a national callback. Uh Aaron asks can, can Conte actually do something in the Champions League looking at how he has achieved nothing in quote in the aspect during the, his uh, first time at Juve or his time at Juve? And if so, uh why do you think that? So I mean it's very unfair of people that judge Conte well uh, at his time at Juventus because he lost to some like banal clubs, yeah, but it was Juventus that the previous season, the season before uh, Conte sat on their bench, they finished seventh, so their team was not as good. That's Dene Grigera, Estigaribia. I mean, what do you expect with that team? I think the Champions League is a hit or miss. I don't think that the best team always wins because it's more to do with the mental side of of football because it's a one game um a lot of crowd a lot of eyes on the games it's uh it's different mentality basically smaller smaller team smaller teams uh in the champions league are still champions of some um european league so that's not a small task to win a league no matter the league so they're not Sassuolos, they're not Spals or Sampdorias. They're actually teams that won their league or at least finish in top two or top four in the league. Um, so I think we'll do well. We need a few players, but it's Conte's fault that he brought both Cagliardini and Politano. Uh, he has to take a blame, uh, but also the players that didn't finish off the chances that, that we had. Because if the, if we score the second goal against Barcelona, 
we could have won that game. So that's it for the questions. That's it for the episode. I hope that you liked the episode so far because we've had so many difficult uh, difficulties filming the episode and uh, assembling the, the, the old squad, quote-unquote. But we'll see each other in, on Sunday. Uh, as I already said, we are, we are recording with uh, Badar and it's going to be a fun episode, especially if we win. So thank you guys and see you on Sunday. Bye.